really crabs is that the secret word for crabs no it's worse than some would say it's worse than cancer but i don't really get that Preston, are we recording? Yes. <laughs> Connor, open us up because I got to get into this topic. Hold on, hold on. I got out a Ziploc bag. <laughs> Welcome to the Whatever Podcast, everyone. My name is Connor Williams, and I am one of your mini hosts on today's episode. Welcome to the show. I'm actually going to hand off the reins to both of my hosts here, uh, Preston and Chris, and I'm going to sit back as Connor the commenter for this episode. Uh, He's actually going to sit back. Much to say. He's actually going to sit back and scratch. That's what he's going to sit back oh, and do. Don't even get me started. Oh, no, let's oh. start there. Let's start there. Welcome back to the show, Connor. We're glad you can make it. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's been a pleasure. Been All right. So as always, Preston, Preston and Chris are here. But uh, yeah, let's hear what's what's been going on with the with the itch there, Connor. Can you tell us? Um, so, no, it is not a secret term for crabs, Chris. Oh, okay. Uh, I, so I have very fair skin, and uh, I, I burn very easily, right? So wait a minute. So is that why you sit in the dark in these podcasts? You can't even <laughs> turn the lights on because it might burn the skin? Yeah, him and his oxalotl are one and the same. No comment. <laughs> okay. Carry on. So, Carry on. So it's 4th of July. Let me set the stage. Okay. Here we go, Pete. Listen, listen. Welcome to the podcast. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. It's 4th of July weekend. The fireworks are going off and scaring the shit. Hold on. I have to yeah, here, here. Hold on. I get, I get my dog. <laughs> I got your backup noises. Weekend. It's okay. like 100 degrees outside. It's hot. Your, your girlfriend's father calls and says, hey, I have a new boat. Why don't you come out on the lake and spend a day drinking and just cooling off in the lake? Wow. Which is why Connor's wearing a sleeveless shirt for this yes. podcast. He's now a, like a Sullivan County fisherman. It sounds like a wonderful <laughs> idea. I would love to come sit on your boats and cool off because it's a hundred degrees outside and the sun is like 10 years away from burning up the earth. Absolutely. Hold on. I need to stop at Walgreens to pick up some sunscreen because I am a little, little bitch yeah, and I have light white bread skin that toasts ever so slightly when you put it in the toaster. So I go, I Apply, I apply sunscreen all over my body, and it, it's very sensual. He lathers it. Me do it. I, yes. You put it really thick and white on your nose, really thick and white. I put it thick and white all over my body. I, I, you have I, others rub it in on you? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's working very, together. Like I mentioned, it's very sensual. It's very, very sensual. It's very intimate. Mr. Miyagi. 
if you get to put sunscreen on, <laughs> wax on. there is wax there's something there's something to be said for the people who get the honor of putting sunscreen on my body. Just let that sink in. Yeah, you so, used to let me do it. Preston, how's that been in the past? It's been good. I, I like I'm, it's I miss very it. intimate, right? Yeah, we get very close. Uh, now he just cuts my pube. I mean, my uh, uh, beard and stuff. <laughs> he really actually didn't mean to say that. I thought it was going to be funny. But then I was like, oh, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> oh, well, so, you already did. Anyways, it's out there. He cuts my beard. He cuts my beard. Is that big of a uh, difference? <laughs> no, it's no, so really not. I think it's going to get up. I've got a mouth down there too. It talks. Uh, so, <laughs> like I mentioned, it's God, are you ever getting? Well, this is about the end of the episode. <laughs> I, I get out on the boat and I'm like, ah, oh, damn, it's been two hours. I got to reapply. So I reapply, you know, and it's like sports sunscreen. So it's supposed to like stay in the water and like stick to your body and stuff. Just all but, washes off. That was your first mistake. I, I, I guess I looked like it looked like dropping oil in water and watching like you know, like you drop dish soap in a pool of water and like the colors. Kind of, there's like it's all white around you. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you drop me in and like the, the lake changes like a, a different color and there's this film on top from the chemicals on my body. Um, no, I, I, I wait the 15 minutes. I do wait the 15 minutes. I know it sounds stupid. And you're like, Connor, why would you do that? Well, that's because they burn like crazy. So I have to yeah. take literally every precaution I can. Um, and so I, I guess what? I burnt. I burnt. I didn't burn that bad, but I burnt. It didn't hurt. I was not huh? red, red, red. I was just like pink, barely pink. Couldn't even. So hold on. So hold on. How did you get burnt if fireworks were going on? Who's setting fireworks off in the daylight? Oh, no, no, no. That was like more of exposition, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. okay. I was going to say, is it a combo of like the fireworks and the sunlight? That you uh, it, it's like a combo of the sun. And then at the nighttime, I, yeah, the light from the fireworks does indeed burn my skin. But that's usually if I'm standing too close to it. Okay. So... Uh, I get burnt and it, it, over time it heals, you know, and they say like, you got to put a lot of lotion on because your skin, your skin will start to itch a little bit and that's your yeah. body's sign of it healing. And, and so like 90, and these are real statistics because I read a couple medical journals on this. 95% oh, of don't experience this you know someone might experience a very light itching but nothing too crazy right it's something that's like very common but the other five percent of people experience something and it's it's usually only people with very fair skin something called hell's itch and now you hear it here so it is not a google search right now do a google search right now do it. Do it. Read it. Read about it. And I'm you'll find to. these insane claims about people who who think that like killing themselves is the only way to relieve this itch because it can't be stopped. It can't be stopped. You scratch it comes back worse. So, I, I, oh, Chris, listen, I, I, I have to take a phone call. Chris, please read a definition of hell's itch. I'll be back to explain it. OK, let's see. So sunburns are common. And so is the mild itching and pain that can accompany them. But for certain people, people like Dr. Williams here, it says a healing sunburn can turn into a temporarily unrelenting nightmare. That's appropriately, appropriately nicknamed Hell's Itch. Though it may seem like a 
comical name, which we're all laughing here. We'll put the laugh track in at this point. <laughs> but the symptoms it causes are anything but funny. So while Connor takes a call from Hell's Kitchen about his Hell's Itch and figures out when this thing is going to end, Preston had a sunburn this bad to cause it to itch that bad? No, I've had some pretty bad sunburns, but never had that. I haven't either. So I've I've been sunburned and it's terrible to like get in the shower. Yeah. After you've been sunburned, but I know uh, you had mentioned. I think Connor was in the shower in like a hot shower. Yeah, we were for the itch yeah, yeah, yeah. when we were recording. And I, I relate this. I relate this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I related this Connor to when I get poison ivy because I'm like a, allergic to poison ivy. So if I look oh, at poison ivy, I just break out in it. <laughs> what is the best feeling for something like poison ivy for me that I get an allergic reaction to is to get in a hot shower and just let the water boil to where like if it's itching like when you get in that healing process that's how uh poison ivy is for me too you start to itch there nothing feels better than like hot water just boiling down on it oh yeah yeah so so i I was doing some reading because like i've had hell's itch in the past but it has never been this extreme i don't know what it was this year but it was not this extreme it's crazy in the past my my grandmother she actually uh lended me her this like weird like cover it's almost like a little like iced cover that goes over your shoulders and stuff and that kind of did the trick because it was like tricking my nerves and i could only focus on the cold and not the itch and then eventually it subsided and it was fine but this time nothing worked wow how many days like what do i do what do i do oh it was only one day it was only that okay okay it usually only lasts about less than 24 hours and so i i was like I was reading, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I found that the best thing to do is to trick your pain receptors, trick your nerves. So if you activate your pain receptors, the itch goes away because mm. your body's like, oh, dude. This so works. what you're saying is you, we should have came over and punched you in the face repeatedly. You you, you should have come Kicked over and the- beat the shit out of me. <laughs> I turned that shower on to blistering hot water and I got in and I was like, I, I was home alone for a while because it's Monday and Cora works evenings. And so me and the dogs in the bathroom and I was going ah, 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 for like a, like a long time for a while. Wow. It was terrible. So you're all, you're all healed up. Oh yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Look at that. Can't, nice. I can't, I can't, man. Look at that. Look at that farmer's stand. Hey, it's not that bad, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of bad. <laughs> well, so it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I, I have a new, I have a new method um, of lasting Uh-oh. in the sun, and that's called wearing long sleeve shirts. So on the Fourth of July, so that was like on a Sunday is when I got burned. I was like, I don't want to make this worse. So obviously, sunscreen's not going to work. I bought like the best brand I could. What's going to work now? I bought a long sleeve, like one of those fishermen. Like the athletic material. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've seen this. Yeah. And I just, I just swam in a shirt the next day. I look like a 12 year old kid. Who's All right. So hang on, hang on, hang on. So you were invited over to drink beer and fish. No, no, you no, claim no. you got a sunburn swimming, swimming in the lake. Okay. In a, in the lake, but probably fish. So he's yeah. not telling you that, but it's using the sunburn excuse to get a fisherman shirt. So what are you telling us? You've, Converted over so, to so fishermen now. 
fly fly fishing what are you i've always been a fisherman but i've been like fishing for compliments and other stuff like that this time uh, okay okay so you didn't get your ar-15 no you're not <laughs> shooting out the fish okay. remember remember i'm a license okay yeah actually <laughs> okay hold on. i got that all right so while you take that phone call this i've got a couple things to talk about so that's all light-hearted and fun there i've got what about my prostate exams um what's in maybe there so there we go so you got a cliffhanger hang hang out on that's a little later in the show Preston. that's when we get closer to the midnight hour um you can share that that'll be for the fans that are are old enough to stick around till the end of the show so whatever after dark yeah the whatever late night edition there so um what came out today, the full video from the school um, at Uvalda was released today that showed the shooter actually from a a security cam from funeral home and then a couple other camera shots from security cameras and then an actual security camera in the school that showed the entrance of the shooter actually with all the gunshot sound, but edited out a lot of the other sound that you didn't want to hear, um, mm-hmm. but showed him entering into the classroom and then the, the cops coming in a few minutes later, but standing by for 40 some minutes until they actually, what are we talking about? Hang sorry, on. I missed, miss, is this like a very serious topic? Yeah, very serious topic. <laughs> I'm so, so you you just with the outcry of the the parents of the students that were killed, um, they they were asking for transparency. Get this out so that everyone can see it. Because when you see it, you when you hear about it, it's one thing. When you see it and hear what was going on and how long this went on for nearly an hour, it makes you sick to your stomach. So. That was just released today. It's an hour and 22 minutes. You can find it. It's graphic, not graphic in nature of seeing things, but you can actually hear what was going on. So talking about NRA and talking about guns, it is just, it makes me sick to see this today and to know we've still not put anything in legislatively that's going to have an impact to change things in regards to this because what I had, uh, I just want to read to you real quick, and and I promise you I have other stuff that is not heavy like this, but I, I wanted to mention this since it did just drop today as as the time we record this because it I think is very eye opening, and those that haven't seen it should see it. I know there's people that don't want to see it, but I still think you should just to see the weight of this. If you go to uh, gunviolencearchive.org, statistics run from 2014 to 2020. Everything is up. Deaths for in 2014 um, is up tremendously. Um, mass shootings. The only thing that di- is is about plateau that's that stayed the same is murder suicide, but everything else. The lowest number that you see in regards of death related to gun violence 
is defensive use. And that's what we claim every time, right? It's to protect ourselves. That is the lowest number. And it's actually, it's actually reduced. Everything else has increased. Suicides by guns, injuries, children killed or injured has gone up. Teenagers killed or injured has gone up. Mass shootings have gone up. Murder-suicide about the same. Unintentional shootings have gone up. The only thing that has gone down is defensive use. And that's what we claim we don't want to change anything because it's our God-given freedom right to protect ourselves and defend ourselves when actually you're seeing all everything else go up around it that is just horrific. I just wanted to state that. I know that's a very somber message, but I think since that was just released today, it's it's definitely something everybody should see, especially our lawmakers. I, yeah. I definitely didn't read the room. I, I heard about half the conversation and, and came back like, hey, what's going on? And then I realized the topic we're talking about, so I had to clarify myself on that. Uh, well, so – the here, so I have a I have like a theory, and, and and you know, I mean, you guys obviously know more about the stuff than I do, uh, but but maybe maybe very briefly you can weigh in because uh, this is a very very harsh topic, and a lot of people, uh, I feel like maybe a lot of people come here to uh, get away from stuff go going on. Yeah, you know? for sure. They, they they let us talk to them because they don't want to uh, think about all the bad the bad shit going on. So. Hey, I have some good stuff to talk about, too, before we end, um, because there's some neat things out there, too, I want to touch on. Well, so, so, so here's what I think. I think that we're so close to, like, getting to – we're starting to think about elections, right? We're like For sure. Full, we're, like, full steam ahead on, okay, like, let's break it down. Who's going to be running? You know, what, what kind of candidates are we looking at? Like, we're getting to that point where these people are starting to think about these things, and it's time to start – selling yourself. And and so you know, a lot a lot of politicians who are already in the system whether that be like a like a senator I I don't know like a, a governor mayor what like whatever whatever the hell you are over whatever jurisdiction whatever position that you there's there's like slight if you're smart you'll stay away from wanting to be the president of the United States. But if you're like if you're like DeSantis you're you're like full steam ahead like that's what I'm moving towards. And so yeah. I have this like this theory that DeSantis, uh, he he dissolved the Reedy Creek in Disney World to get national coverage on him. So people see him and they're like that that guy, that guy, he's going to run for, for president and I'm going to vote for him because of what he's doing right now. So so when, when you when you take us when you take a look at stuff like gun violence, if you go one way or the other, you are bound to piss off one group. Right. Because like, he, oh, yeah, slider. There's a slider. It's there's left and there's right. That's it. That's it. We've shot ourselves in the foot as a nation. Now we have the left and now we have the right. And if you say you're in the middle, people say you're you're lying. So we have the slider. Listen to this. Listen to this. I was in Nashville two weeks ago for a convention my daughter was at. We were walking from the mall to the hotel that we were staying at. There were people behind us walking behind us and I I I just had to had to bite my tongue, really, because the conversation that was happening, I just picked up on it and, and was uh, kind of catching what they were talking about is politics. And the lady said this. She said, I wish there was another party besides Democrat and Republican that I could vote for. I'm like, there are. <laughs> what? There is. There, there are. is. There, there are. But I mean, granted, it, like. 
there you you will vote for one and you will pour yourself into supporting another party. Unfortunately, the way that we are structured as a nation, those parties will never come into power. Until and, we change that. Until we until, until change that. So I mean like like go go do it. Like go support those parties. You know, if like you're yeah. trying to stand behind it, like go do it. Like that's what we are built upon. Uh, we we are supposed to be democratic, so we, we vote for whoever the hell we want to vote for, right? So you do you. Uh, yeah. But it's so hard to steer away from the left and the right. It, and and like yes, there are other parties, but if you say I'm going to do this about gun violence in my state, and you piss off a large majority of people in the nation, you're you're done. You are yeah. done, and you are not going to get. You're potentially not going to get the votes that you're aiming to get. So my theory is that people are staying awfully quiet about it. Awfully that's quiet. my problem, Connor. Real quick, just to hang out on this topic just a little bit longer because I know we've got other stuff to talk about. I, and, and Preston and I have talked about this via text, uh, actually the three of us a little bit. You know, I've sat quiet for a long time and I don't think now is the time to sit quiet on things because there are some serious things going on in our country and in our society uh, just a, f a couple episodes, we talked about the Lightyear movie and the uproar that it was causing and oh, yeah. people's strong beliefs around things that, you know, it's just when you when when you know that something's wrong, I don't think we can sit quiet anymore because I think we're all part of this if we want to see change at some point. So the times of us sitting back and, and being quiet about things, I think are over. And I don't think it's right or left. I think it's, I, I mean, I think a lot of people find themselves stuck in that middle. Like they, they believe they, they follow, they believe they're, they're strong in some beliefs on the left. They're strong and passionate about some beliefs on the right. And the problem is it's so polarized. You can't have a blend of that stuff anymore or else you got to feel like you, well, here, you're just quiet. Here's the problem. Uh, most issues that, we come across like uh like roe v wade things like that it's 60 to 70 percent plus of americans that agree on issues like that and yet the biggest issue that we have with politics is money and not being able to actually change those things whenever even if you vote someone in they can still take money from other places and just stay in their position and be like well I'm here now. Yeah, I, I think I think you, you brought up a really good point. 60 to 70 percent of people agree that one thing needs to change in a democracy. It, it, OK, but it so doesn't like let's let's get let's get a roof full of 10 people and let's all talk about what we want to eat tonight. We're all going to go to the same place. Seven people put up their their hand for Thai food and the other three do Indian. But then but then they're like, all right, we're going to get Thai food. Well, that's what you think. But then the, the dudes who are like, no, nah, no, we have more electoral college votes than you guys. <laughs> yeah. What about, what about Chinese? And they're like, oh, you know, so we 70% of people agree on something that something needs to change. And then bingo, nothing happens because for some reason, our opinions don't dictate that much. It feels like, well, I, you know, it does or whatever, but like, it's so disappointing. When you see that nothing changes after the whole world comes to agree that something needs to change. 
Like, yeah. what are we doing? Screaming into the void? That's what we're doing here. That's what the whole world's doing right now. We're screaming, things need to change. Things need to change. And then there's some, for some reason, there's some guy, some guy that we decided to put up in this high horse, this chair, this throne. And for him to look at us and say, yeah, but it's, it's not that simple. Who are you to say it's not that simple? You were yeah. you were elected by the people to serve the people, and the only thing you're doing is serving yourself in your own agenda. I mean, that's every single facet of our uh, of our system. I mean, we don't even vote in like 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 the like the just like the Supreme Court right now. Yeah, we don't even vote them in. Sure, we vote people that uh, yeah do vote and, them in, and they're there but, for a lifetime, right? Yeah, our so, president puts them in. Or Congress does, I guess. Expand the courts. They, they, or abolish it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, I, I don't know much about Rome, uh, but I feel like as a society, we thought we had it all figured out. And like, we are probably at where the peak of where Rome was. And and right now... History often we rhymes. Are, we, well, yeah, I... I feel like I, I like Chris. You're like we need to stand up. We need to say something. But is it too late? Because shouldn't we have been saying something like years ago? And the only like people are so vocal within these last couple of years. Shit, man. We we should have been saying something like five, ten years ago. And I feel like no one was saying anything. Yeah. Turn the clocks back twenty years, and like everything was so taboo. You didn't talk about stuff like that. You know, our parents yeah. neoliberal fascists are destroying our left. <laughs> I I find it, it's so it, it's so interesting to look at things from an outside perspective because I work with both extreme lefts and extreme rights in one office, and they've got offices right next to each other, and so all day they just bicker and bicker and bicker and say, "Hey, look at oh, this!" Oh, really? Or, "Hey, look at this!" Oh, yeah. So and so sometimes the, what they'll do is they'll approach uh, my coworker and coworker and I because they know we are very neutral. We're very in the middle. We're young. We don't really care right now. We, I mean, I'm starting to care more because I think a lot of this stuff is beginning to, yeah. to become quite ridiculous. But they're like, okay, so what do you think about this? And then they explain one point of view, and then they explain the other point of view. And then I say, well, you're both wrong because you're both – you're so deep into the woods on the other side that that you can't pull yourself out and actually look at facts. You you pay attention to opinions. You You curate your opinion based off of the opinions of other people, not based off of facts. It, it, it's so it, – it's <sighs> – it's like podcasting. It's oversaturated with opinions. <laughs> That's what politics is. It's oversaturation of opinions. So, on a different note, my other topic. Oh, before I we move dropped on. a couple in. Oh, all right. Just real quick. Uh, one of the prime ministers of uh, Japan was uh, assassinated over the past well, week. The Yakuza run Japan, so. No, they don't. <laughs> Uh, they they do in a sense. They don't they, anymore. They, they underground run run parts of Japan, major parts. But uh, of Japan. the guy who uh, ended up uh, who did it, they apprehended him there. Uh, they say that he didn't have any affiliation, and he said it wasn't uh, political. I don't know how it's not political, but. <laughs> 
he ended up he made a homemade shotgun to do it. Yeah, because they got really strict gun laws, right? Yeah, they last year Japan had one death by gun, one, mm. one, and the last uh, the last uh, assassination that happened in Japan, I believe, was in the nineteen forties. Really, the the uh, I I mean, obviously, I know the Japanese government has passed a lot of uh, laws. Uh, regarding this, but the Yakuza really do have a large hand in operating Japan, and they always have for a very long time. Um, I mean, they I, used I, to, I truly, but they, they still do, but not in the same sense because a lot of these laws, when they passed, they had to change a lot of things up. Uh, so it's, I, I almost wonder, and I'm not, I'm not, for, I'm not certain on this. I, I wonder if because it was so dominated by one group of people. If that's why things were so like quiet for so long, you know, because I, I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know. I don't know for sure, Preston, but I'm pretty sure those laws just passed like recently. Um, I actually got really into, <laughs> um, yeah, I, from what I, everything that I read, the, pretty much the Yakuza are not as um, influential as they used to be. They're def, like there's only like ten to twenty percent of members that used to be that they used to have. But hmm, I don't know. Could be wrong. I, I remember. I remember taking uh, Japanese um, in college and through that, like you were forced to learn the language and a lot of the history. Cause they, they wanted you to like know what you were speaking. Right. And the, the woman, she, she's an elderly woman and she talked about how much the Yakuza operated Japan in not only negative, but positive ways too. So there was like this, that huge, uh, the huge, incident in 2011 i think it was the earthquake uh or tsunami I, I don't remember but uh they the yakuza came in and actually gave a ton of money to japan and aided well they have to <laughs> they, well, they don't have japan I mean, they don't have anything <laughs> well i mean yeah yeah but but like she, she the way they run those businesses and stuff right yeah she, she was giving dim demonstrations of how like the Yakuza, like in, in negative ways are tied to banks where they control money and all this other stuff uh, kind of underground. But then in positive ways do have someone of a public figure where they'll like give all this money to help natural disasters and, and stuff like that. So it, I don't know. I, I don't. It's, yeah, just, it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like, I mean, it, it's technically good, but the reason doing it technically isn't. It's more of a selfish reason, some more or less than being. It is, yeah. The Italian mob ran New Jersey and and like Pennsylvania for. Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, the 1900s. Al Capone was very famous for giving money to his community and stuff like that. So I mean, <laughs> so is there still a Yakuza boss? I believe so. Um, oh, I bet. But yeah, like I said, they're not as. Uh, uh, well organized. I mean, they are, but like, uh, like I said, their numbers have dwindled to about ten percent to twenty percent of what their I, original numbers used to be. I like to think of it as Chris. Think of like, you know, 
in the night in the nineties, Yakuza was like the Italian mob at its prime. But even bigger. Yeah. But, but but bigger, yeah. But now the Yakuza has dwindled to the Italian mob in the nineties, like Goodfellas era type stuff. They're present, but they're not like they're not uh you know, front of the train. They're they're kind of doing stuff behind the scenes. They're they're not as organized. They don't have as many numbers. Like they're trying to disperse and change their way of life. That's the way I perceive it. I could be wrong. They could be very strong, and no one knows it. But uh, that that's how I perceive it. It's like we're getting into the Goodfellas era, the Sopranos era of of the Yakuza. But it that, uh, one of their big bosses was arrested in undercover busts just back in April for weapons and drug plot. Ah, uh, damn Yakuza. Well, See, that's the negative side. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving from the world, Chris, what did you have in lighthearted news? Oh, so so mo- definitely moving from the world, at least the Earth. Did you guys see the recent NASA oh, yes. images the that were images released? The telescope, they're so cool. Oh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Chris. Looking out into outer space. Uh, it it net like okay, so when you look at it, it's like, huh, another picture of stars. I feel like I've seen this before. But Not like that. A website. Someone made a website that has a slider that compares the same image from the Hubble and now the web. And when you look at the before and after, it's like, oh my god, wow, they're actually. I don't know if I've seen the slider website. Uh, I'll have to find it. Hold on. Here, you, you, you Preston, Preston. So. Were you dropping it somewhere for us to get? Yeah, I'm going to try to look for it. Preston, you got it? There we go. So here's the new image. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's several now. They released. Yeah. That was uh, the first Yesterday. one they released. And then they dropped the rest of them today. Is that wait, is that the slider? No. This is just a website. Yeah, you can get to it on NASA's website. But I don't think they've got a slider. Okay. Uh, press so they had a picture. They had a picture of cosmic cliffs, glittering landscapes of star birth, and they had an actual one image was of a dying star in its final performance. Here we go, guys. I message. I'll send a Discord to you, Preston, so you can show it off. Okay. Ch-ch-ch. Why can't we as humanity reach for the stars? Yeah, we have so much faith in Elon Musk. We have oh God, that's another topic we're going to get to in a minute too. <laughs> Garnet, We've you got the Discord. So, I dropped it in a private message in, in Discord to you. So much fighting and everything going on on this planet, and there's so much out there to reach. Ah, there we go. Yes, yeah. Look at that. Clarity. So on the left is the Hubble and on the right is the web. So Preston, you should be able to drag that slider and show. Yep. Does it have all of them or is it just this one? I believe, it's got, I believe it's got a few. But so it's so interesting, yeah. the amount of detail. Yeah, it's crazy. And the collar. Look at the collar. Yeah. Scroll so, down Preston, um, and see what else. What else they got there? Yes, look at that. Yeah, that this was the cool one. Damn, if you angled this. That's the dying star, right? Yes. Yep. Mm. 
slide that one. Wow. Yeah. So that's some, some, uh, here. So you see like these, uh, the little like red, like, uh, almost like, uh, like curving in like the red points that are all like curving. Yeah. Those are, uh, those are, um, uh, like the backs of galaxies of the different, uh, galaxies. Yeah. Gosh. What is out there? Who knows? I don't want to know, honestly. Is there a whatever podcast going on right now at this time out in the outer galaxy talking about <laughs> what is going on out there? You know, I I said something. So on a couple weeks ago, I was asked to go. I actually... I actually was asked to go and and do this ghost hunt again. We went to uh, the Randolph County Infirmary. I'm not going to go into all these details, but I, I said something. What? Where was my invite? I, I Connor doesn't invite anyone to anything. What a jerk. There's like a whole person limit, and I hate like – I was asked to go to this and I, it was like something I wasn't really into going to because of like the amount of money it costs and when it was happening, it was just so like, uh, I, I, honestly, this one was not as enjoyable, but I said something because the more I do this, the more I'm becoming a skeptic, uh, it, which you think maybe it would do the opposite. Maybe you would feel things. Maybe you would see things. Maybe you would hear things. Yeah, but you're actually getting into it and now you're starting to see the real, yeah, I'm I'm seeing the real side of ghost hunting, which is nothing. And mm. and I and I told the group I was with, you know, if I actually saw something, if I saw a spirit, a ghostly figure, a demon, something like that, a corpse walk down the hall in the middle of the freaking night in this scary asylum where they've still got like lead paint on the walls. <laughs> I think I would walk out and in, end it right there. I'd walk into the street and I would let the next car hit me and take me to God knows where, because like, what does that do to your mind? What does that do to your mind? If I saw something like that, it would haunt me for the rest of my life because who is there to give an explanation for something like that? What clarity do I have? What scientific clarity do I have on something like that? A phenomenon like that. If you go off into space and you start seeing what else is out there, do you not think that some of it might just be so much information into your brain that you just think I'm going to, I'm going to unlatch this door and send my body floating out into the freezing unknown where there is no air and I don't have to think about it anymore. (laughs) I'm just, I'm being dramatic, but like, could you imagine you can't because what the hell is it? What what is it? What is really out there? One one of my favorite theories of uh, why we've never seen anything is that we're on the forefront of uh, like, so Basically, how we uh, perceive and kind of know how the universe worked before human was a th- humans were a thing. The ability for life wasn't there 
for a long time because of how dangerous and caught like crazy the universe was. So once things started to settle down, we finally got organisms that were able to keep evolving. And then we got dinosaurs and then kept evolving from there. And then you get us and life has only been so sustainable up to this point that we're the only, and if we are the only, and there may be some other like type of non-human, but intelligent life out there, they'd be pretty much on the same timeline as us. And so we as humankind and any other type of intelligent life form, we're on the same timeline and are unable to do cosmic travel and, or find a way to talk to others. And so we're on this cusp of the beginning of life itself, like on how we are able to that's pretty interesting, actually. That that yeah. was very that's, that's a very well thought out theory. I think I, I love the theory where uh, we are not the first group of humans. We are like the second or the third because the humans that have come before us have have gone through the same situation where their planet is dying and they're running out of time. So they have to look to the to the to the stars. They have to look to space. They have to get out of there. And to continue life, to keep going, to keep evolving. And so it's like it goes back to the engineer theory that someone made us to keep going, like to keep life moving. And and uh, the engineer theory uh, plays into a lot of what the Mayans would, would uh, etch and, and carve out in yeah. mountains where these people from the sky would come down and show them technology like gas masks and, and, and different things like that. And it, it's actually such a strong theory that uh, there are actually whole groups of like of uh, archaeologists that go searching for these ruins and try to kind of piece a lot of the story of this Mayan culture together. Uh, Ridley Scott, and I know he's like a sci-fi director. He took that whole engineer idea and and he like chain he wrote it, he turned it into um, obviously he molded it, but. This whole idea of the engineers is that it was a group of humanoid people who had to leave their planet because their planet was dying to continue life and created. But a, a here's the problem with that. If you're capable of interstellar travel, then you wouldn't need to do that. Because to be able to do interstellar travel, you'd be able you'd have to harness the power of your sun within your uh, within your uh, solar system. Well, it's hard to say. Like, it's hard to say because we don't have the knowledge of. Like, there there could be so many other factors that play into this that we don't know about. But I mean, there are a lot of people who who try really hard to disprove this engineer theory, um, and, and it doesn't really make any sense because, like, we don't like we don't really have any factual information to disprove it. Uh, nor do we have any factual information to. I mean, the only information that we can use a lot of other things. is the knowledge that we have and the capabilities of us. And so, if there are abilities and capabilities, and maybe there are different types of uh, physics that are out there in the world that we can't perceive, or like out to the universe that we can't perceive, then we wouldn't yeah. be able to. But do you think it, what, what so at what point do you think? human beings get to that level millions of interstellar millions, travel millions of years so travel, here's I, I don't even here's know how science possibly done you know so 
Yeah. I mean, th- theoretically, it is possible to do. We just do not have the knowledge or the grasp of how we would do it right now. Yeah. Theoretically. Like logistically. Yeah. Theoretically, there are, I think there are four, four to five different stages of of, uh, of types of uh, civilizations. Right now, we are about to hit a stage one civilization where we are able to harness all the capabilities and all of the resources that we have on Earth. And then the next stage was being able to harness the energy of the sun, which uh, there are theories on how we could do, which is like a Dyson sphere. Um, oh, dude. Oh, yeah, but, that, but even the Dyson sphere is like sci-fi. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it would be millions and millions of years into the future on if we'd be able to do that, but we are in a trajectory that is ever increasing, like ever since technology started. The amount of uh, progress we have made since that started is insane. And so it's not that out of the world to think that here in maybe like, I don't know, like 500,000 to a million years from now, we'd be able to get to a stage two civilization where we kind of over like we instead of treating the world as our own separate things, we kind of begin to kind of see more of like a halo where every like everyone becomes one. And now the world is what like what we are as a nation, like we are a whole as one and start going off into the universe as a whole colonization. So real quick, I find really depressing. We are only in the few, the first few hundred years. Well, I guess like a few thousand years of our couple million year existence. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What do you think? So, so hang on, hang on, hang on. Sort of monkeys and that. So, (laughs) so yeah, but so I know we've talked about Elon. We're going to talk about him again here in a minute. But he he really is harping on this fertility slump that we've seen over several decades now that human beings, the re, the replacement level that we're seeing is unsustainable. So, I mean, do you see the human race well, dying I mean, out? I mean, how are they expect us to how do they expect us to keep up with it when they don't give anybody any assistance to raise families? Like there's no incentive to raise family whenever you can barely sustain a life for yourself. In fact, there's only penalty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how does that that have an impact though to, I mean, thinking we're talking way, way long-term future of the homo sapien, the human. Yeah. I I mean, there would be, I feel like in the future there would be a point where we're like, all right, we can no longer sustain. Uh, we have to. We have to start making. So, like, like China, they lifted their two children per thing, like per household, not too long ago. For this exact reason, they are seeing hard declines, as well as Japan and a lot of other nations. Um, I think there's going to be a point where governments are going to have to start giving assistance for people to incentivize having kids. That's the only way to fix that. Connor, have you watched Idiocracy? No, I haven't. <laughs> You're going to have to watch it. Have you guys seen um, 
oh damn, I forget what the movie the movie title was. Uh, this movie about where there's like one woman left on the whole planet who can have a child and she's pregnant. I'm not seeing that. It's a uh, oh, shit. Oh, hold on a minute. Oh, Connor, I watched Lightyear. I haven't actually haven't watched it yet. I really liked it. I really liked Preston it. Preston walked out at a certain given point. I did. I, just, <laughs> I was like, what is this? Speaking of speaking of Lightyear, I I hear there is a little bit of the weird time spacey stuff that goes. It is. It's so good. You guys, Chris, have you watched it yet? Yeah, I need to. See. No, not no. yet. I need. It I want to see it. it. I loved it. Don't it's so good. It. It's so good. I I, I think. Uh, I feel like the pacing wasn't good, but the whole story that they went for, I thought, was just very good for uh, Pixar, kind of stepping out of their uh, comfort zone. Comfort. I don't know, dude. Have you seen Strange World? Hmm. Uh, I guess it's technically not like a Pixar, but Strange World is like a it. The trailer mimics those old like uh, B-rated sci-fi movies where it's like giant aliens come from Pluto to destroy Earth. <laughs> Who oh. can save them? <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like the yeah, big like I got you. like swooping titles. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, What's it's so. Uh, what yeah what. You're not gonna show us a gay kiss scene from Lightyear, are you? No, there's you no it. kissing. There is no kissing. I don't know what that person was talking I think about. There is the not. Is what there, the, I think there, that's what they did. There is not even uh, like they show three minutes of of uh, flashbacks and um, progression of their relationship. It takes up three minutes of the movie. It takes up I, three minutes of the entire movie, and it doesn't I, even show anything. I, I wanted to. <laughs> Like tongue action, you know. Like if there's going to be kissing, you might as well. Pull <laughs> there's going to be a gay scene. I want to see it all. <laughs> uh, just go all out. Holes and holes, you know. Uh, Chris, your stream is not loading for me for some reason. Yeah, me either. Do what? Your stream is uh, loading. Not loading. No, less up. But so much for that. Maybe I'll try it again. I so I want to say one more thing before we get off this weird trippy space topic. So we have like just figured out that it is theoretically possible to to travel from one side of the galaxy to the other because of a potential like a fold in space, right? Yeah, because like that's what a black string hole theory is. basically. It's right. Well, yeah, yeah. But the what makes it so impossible is the sheer amount of skull-crushing gravity it would take to get you out of that hole. Like, yeah. that is the, that's got to be the strongest. Here, you guys want to hear something that's very depressing existence. real quick? Very that, depressing. Gosh. Yeah, very depressing. So, you know how the universe is ever-expanding? So, the mm -hmm. gravitational pull of our own... Um, I forget the categories on which uh, they base this on, but um, basically our pocket of the universe is slowly starting to come together closer and every single thing uh, outside of our pocket of our universe is expanding away from us. And by the time that we are able to do interstellar travel, we will never be able to see those galaxies and those pockets of the universe ever again. That's what I call closed-mindedness, Preston. <laughs> it's interstellar travel for reason. 
You got it? At the dawn got of the 21st yeah, century, the Army began a top-secret experiment. Meet Joe Bowers, our first subject for the human hibernation experiment. As you know, this is highly classified. However, if successful, we believe humans can be stored... The trial run was prone to human error. See you in a year. And Joe slept slightly longer than expected. Half a millennium, to be exact. From Mike Judge, creator of Office Space and Beavis and Butthead. Oh, my God! <laughs> if you were the smartest person in the world... This goes in your mouth. This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one, this one goes in your mouth. <laughs> and we're stuck with the dumbest people in history. If you have one bucket that holds two gallons and another bucket that holds five gallons, how many buckets do you have? Two? What would you do? Excuse me, um, I'm actually supposed to be getting out of prison. You're in the wrong line. <laughs> I'm the smartest guy in the world? Says who? The IQ test you took in prison. You got the highest score in history. Even smarter than President Camacho. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of America! <laughs> the year 2505. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh... He's gonna fix everything. So you smart. The ordinary will be considered extraordinary. I thought your hair would be bigger. Idiocracy. <laughs> For the smartest guy in the world, you're pretty dumb sometimes. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, that our fate. Oh, uh, Elon Musk is getting sued. Yeah, I know. It's all part of his plan. <laughs> Big brain plan. Uh-oh. Right. Yeah, Con, it's all part of his plan. <laughs> um, so, uh, Elon Musk is getting sued. Yep, to actually buy Twitter. He backed but, uh, out. Now they're forcing you. Have you seen the stock price of it now? Yeah. 35 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's dropped a well. My, uh, he initially bought it for my, uh, my, uh, my portfolio ain't looking too hot. <laughs> oh, no. I was counting oh, on that good. sale. <laughs> <laughs> You're so uh, too early to buy it. Why don't you follow, like, why don't you follow the moves of other people who have been making smart stock decisions, man? Hey, it'll go back up. I bought it really low. I bought the Twitter pretty. Low. I'm not. It's not that like big of a difference from where I bought it. But that's what they said about Dogecoin. Hey, and it just tanked. I'm still holding on to it. <laughs> it. Hit to thirty. What's it down to now? Sixteen, fifteen, ten, something like know. that. I bought like uh, I bought like five hundred Dogecoin like two years ago. So uh, it's still not like too tanked yet. Like I'm still pretty even on it. So yeah, um, it'll all go so back up. I I hear that. I hear that Elon he is purposefully backing out of Twitter so he can go to court, and Twitter is forced to disclose information that he hasn't been able to get his hands on. Like it's not information. Well, here's yeah. the thing though. Like um. Their Twitter's uh, counter argument is that they gave him every single like metric that they use for their stuff. And so there isn't any more information that they can give him. Uh, I feel like Elon is the smarter guy in this situation. Well, he's definitely got the leverage against him. That's for sure. I mean, I think Twitter's stuck. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they've got a leg to stand on. 
Definitely don't have so the money, and our court system is based on the money. So, but, but the problem is he's pulled stunts like this before, even with his own company, and they fined him twenty million dollars, and he was forced to step down from Tesla. So this, uh, I think the the breakup cost in this. So like he depending dollars. on yeah, it's a billion bucks. But I mean yeah, that could be changed depending on what comes out of the court. But I think within the the agreement that they had for him to back out, he still had to pay them a billion. But it had to have a strong reason. I forget the reasoning that was uh, around it. Like if the banks couldn't fund it, stuff like that, Yeah, he would still have to pay a billion. But he couldn't just back out. So that's why they're suing him. So I don't know what will come out of the courts on it. I'm sure it will be hung up for a while. Yeah. Unless they agree to settle at a lot lower rate. Almost at the top of the hour. Did you guys have anything else we want to discuss for this episode? I saw the black phone. You saw the what? Oh, is it good? Is it good? Uh, Not the iPhone, Preston. I, the movie, the black it. phone. I absolutely horror movie. loved it. It feels so good because it's like a horror movie that... Blumhouse, it's, right? It's yeah, Blumhouse. It's full of heart. It's full of a good story. It's not just scary. It's like scary with purpose, you know. And I wouldn't yeah. even say it's scary. Think of it as like you know, Carrie or uh, The Shining. Even Ethan Hawke, see do good. Ethan Hawke does a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful job. Um, Joe Hill was the person who wrote the story for the Black Phone, which as I'm not, I actually don't know if you guys know, but Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King. That's just his oh, writer's name. I didn't so know that. He uses Joe Hill because he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want the King name. Like, he, I mean, he, he embraces the King name. I don't think he's got any problem doing that. I think he just wanted to be a writer who built the pathway himself and didn't rely off of the star power of his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, he's done. No, I need, I'd like to see it. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I am. I can't wait for the Halloween ends. Should be seeing a trailer for that soon. I think. Have you seen? Speaking of outer space, have you seen the trailer for Nope? Oh yeah, looks like a looks like a good one. I will be seeing that. I will indeed be seeing that. It's, it sounds like they're going to drop the Halloween trailer for. Nope, I think, which it comes out the end of the month, what, 22nd? July 22nd, yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably run alongside. alongside. Uh, Getting close to the spooky months. Uh, oh, yes. Pressing except for spooky months. I am. I'm going to finally play uh, Resident Evil Village and uh, Luigi's Mansion. And hey, Evil Dead came out. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. game, the game, yeah. Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed myself playing the Friday the Thirteenth game. Oh, I am playing one kind of like a very anonymous scary game right now. It's called Inside. Oh, I saw you play it on the Switch. Right? Yes, I was playing it on. I'm playing it on the Switch. Uh, you can get it pretty much anywhere, but it is so good. I'm I'm training myself, Preston, in Mario Kart right now, because uh, I've lost my touch. So you'll still lose to no, me. Hey, I was gonna say that. Do you no, wanna you got you wanna do a uh, summer summer uh, get together? End of summer get together? Yeah, okay. I mean, we're still away from the end of summer, but yeah, sure. Oh, sweet. Works for me. 
Preston's working on the studio. I am. Yep. We uh, have almost have it completely cleared out. Oh, I did have something I wanted to talk about, but I wanted to let you guys get through your topics first. All right. It's all you. You're bringing us home. So uh, there have been a lot of roadblocks with like my documentary and the fact that like the guys literally won't respond to me on when they want to shoot their stuff. And it's just been a real big headache. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my God, the the festival deadlines are coming up like 2023 festival deadlines. They they hit at like the end of 22. Right. Mm-hmm. So I might miss a few, which is fine because I can carry I can still carry it into like next year's deadlines. Um, but I had this short film idea because it seems like so many directors get their start with short films that they take to the festival circuit that get like awards, nominations, and just general viewership. They kind of get their eyes on like the director, you know, and be like, Hey, he made this movie. He can do other stuff. It's, it's a great way to enter yourself into that industry. And I have this idea and the working title is called the devil board. And it's not as it's I'll, I'll set, set the stage. Some kids get together on a chilly October evening. And is this just to... about me, you and Cheyenne? <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so they, they want to have like a little Halloween party and stuff, just themselves a little sleepover. So what they do is they rent a bunch of scary movies and they go and they buy a Ouija board and they take Uh-oh. the Ouija board home and things get awfully creepy. They open up the Ouija board and, and you know, like the candle. I, I haven't written it yet. I'm just tossing around some ideas. The candles, they like blow out. The door creaks shut. You hear like a loud thumping on the wood until it gets to the board. And then you see the piece move. And then it cuts to like the demon's view of things. And the demon's <laughs> like, all right, new friend. <laughs> Get away. And he's like just so eager to like meet these people. And he's like, how do, how do I show them that I'm real? How do I show them that I exist? I got it. And he goes over and he closes the door. And then it cuts like simultaneously. It cuts to like the girl's <laughs> vision. And the door slams. And the girls are like, oh, my God. Oh my. And, and it goes back to the deep. And he's like bowing. He's like, thank you. Thank you. Wow, that's quite an applause you've got going on. <laughs> you know, I think it would be so fun to to like do that. That over, would be good. That's a good idea. Actual movie. That is good. I've not seen that anywhere. Dang it, Connor. We're going to have to cut this out. (laughs) Yeah, have real strong comedy coming behind real strong horror. Ah. I wanted to take a serious, a very serious, like, topic that is often used in horror movies and make it funny. But not be like scary movie. I'll I be your demon. To aim for more of this. <laughs> I, I I would I would love for you to be my demon. I wanted to aim for like a what we do in the shadows feel. Where I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's the Taika Waititi uh, movie. It's a mockumentary about him and his friends, and they're all vampires, and they've lived like mm. they've been alive for like thousands and thousands of years. And these this guy goes and it's like interview with a vampire, and he's like interviewing them, and he's like. Yeah, the last five years, uh, he's not done his dishes. They've just been stacked up everywhere. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm, I'm royalty. I, I was 10,000 years ago. I'm not used to doing my own dishes. And it's just ridiculous, you know? And, and he's like, why do I have to worry about doing the dishes if the only time I ever bring someone over is to kill them? And he's like, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> he just takes this idea of vampires and just makes it ridiculous and silly 
And I thought, wow, I want to do that for something that I find that people find very scary and they don't talk about. Yeah. And that's a Ouija board. Uh, so I, I think that would be just hilarious, funny, but I want to like, that would be good. Up, I want to really ramp up the suspense and make it feel like then, it's going to be a horror movie. Cut. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> genre switch midway, you know, um, <laughs> that'd be show really the versatility good. of, of making the movies. Um, but yeah, ride it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I want to make it like no more than like 15 minutes long, you know? Yeah. Well, that's usually what short films are anyways. Yeah. 10, 10 to 15 minutes. I just can already see the shots in my head. Well, like shoot of like, just like the road with like the leaves, like falling across the road. Then we cut to the, the camera pans up to the token suburbia house. <laughs> yeah. Windy night. Would you bring Friday the Thirteenth, the unrated cut? Would you bring <laughs> marijuana? What did you bring? A Ouija board. <laughs> All these candles too. My mom is. Hey, we could finally use that Ouija board, board that I made. Uh, I, I just think actually I have some. Yeah, that would be good. I like that idea. Very, very subtle comedy, but uh, I think we are. Uh, a little bit past our uh, time. And so if you guys don't have anything else to mention. Man, we covered a lot. We did. A lot <laughs> yeah. about. It is crazy that we go into these. We go into these with zero planning. <laughs> Actually, uh, let's see. So Connor and Preston zero planning. I think I brought all the topics except the last little piece there. So yeah, remember that. I'm, remember I mean, that. Still technically no planning. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I've been spending countless hours over the last few days planning this out. Preston, what are you talking I about? I would like. I would like for you guys to go and watch a few episodes of Bad Friends with Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino. Yeah, I, I watch it. <laughs> they they are they rely so heavily off of one person <laughs> doing like some topic work, and then everyone else just riffs off those topics yeah. and it works so well i believe we have found a format here fellas we've done it we've we did it we're moving up to the next level there you go 100 more episodes <laughs> we've done it yeah here pretty soon we're gonna be at episode 69 was that didn't have a plan for that episode i don't know um, Whatever after dark. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> this is our sex educational episode. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So Preston, finish us out here with your story. All right. So we came a long way around to get oh, to we're this. Into late this? Night. Oh, man. No, no, no. Real quick, you can make it real oh. quick. Oh. Uh, maybe, maybe you shouldn't. This will be extra risque. I, I, I want to hear it before we go. Look, look. All right, go can, ahead. Drop can, it. Drop it. For those listeners that don't like the explicit content, go ahead and drop off now. Tell the story and then just end the podcast. Don't even let us comment. I just want to hear it. <laughs> wait, wait, what story are we talking about? How you, how you ended up at the hotel? Oh. oh, oh, oh. Talking about the, all right. We can, well, we wait, what were you talking about, about Chris? You talking about? No, I was, I was talking... <laughs> I was asking Preston about his... Uh, a little prostate tweet, but we'll we'll go to the <laughs> hotel story. Go ahead. Oh, oh, the prostate. Oh, yeah, that guy. Like, there was like a seventy-some-year-old guy who got a, who got a prostate exam, and the doctor ended up making him come from it. And he shot him. He pulled out his gun and shot him twice in the chest. Gosh, dang! What is wrong with our society? All right. Anyways, let's talk about hotel. Enough with that. 
<laughs> Craziness. Uh, so yeah, so you're working at the hotel now, auditing. I you're am. the audit man. I am. But yeah, I was uh, gonna get fired from Lowe's. They gave me a final notice because what? I, what? I, I don't know. They said I missed. Um, I said I missed like uh, too many days, even though I've, I, I've given them like all like re- like I've never like called in or like gave like. Mm. I don't know. They said I've missed days, but uh, like the most amount of time I missed was when I had COVID and I gave them all my paperwork for that. So I don't know what it was. And then so I was just like, all right, they needed to downsize. I don't know. So I was like, "Eh, whatever. I don't feel like I'm I'm not going to get fired. So I just quit (laughs) whenever they told me. (laughs) And so uh, I ended up uh, just like uh, going to the hotel because uh, it makes it a lot easier. So that way Cheyenne can get off and then I just go in and then I don't ever have to like worry about uh, being late, things like that. But does but does that make like life at home hard because of like the, the literal opposite of the overlap of life? Like she goes home, you come in kind of thing. So you see each other for like 30 minutes and then like that's it kind of thing? Or I mean, it's of- on the days that I do, it's hard. Um especially like the, doing this night audit thing right now. Cause it's 11 in the morning or 11 at night till seven in the morning. And then Cheyenne tries to take, uh, uh, Cheyenne has her days off, um, set to like the days that I work. And so it's not too bad. So we still get time together. I just sleep till about like two mm. and then we have the rest of the day. And if she does have to work, uh, like, uh, here this next week, she's going to be working from 11 in the morning till um uh i think nine to ten at night so we'll see how it works but yeah i've just been filling in wherever they need people huh well hey more power to you um on a side note no one at work listens to my podcast so i'm gonna tell a story anyways uh, <laughs> hey I'm we were supposed to in- save all this for like work episode update like work bad work story update episode three or something yeah, were you? I, I, yeah that's a big I, one i guess i, I got I guess some I really can. good bad work stories mine's just like like a, a slight worry uh yeah go ahead and tell it if it's not like a crazy like bad no, work story it's no 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 it's not crazy but basically uh, i have a very emotional person at work who often lets their emotion get in the way of a lot of things that go on at work hmm. uh without naming names or the positions and let's just say this person does have quite a bit of power inside the company. Not Abraham Lincoln, is it? It is. <laughs> uh, well, uh, pretty, pretty damn close to it. This person was having a very bad day, a very bad week uh, during the production of a uh, commercial that I was making. Um, and we we go through this process uh, where like everyone has to sign off on it before it gets published. And I was sending it to be signed off on, and I got, yes, 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 yes. And then I got it. I hate it. It's terrible. Don't ever let something like this cross my desk again. Like, just very hostile remarks to the point where, like, we all thought as a marketing team that we were going to be fired and kicked out the door. Um, so this was a manager? No comment. Uh, so. <laughs> Man. And, and then and then turn around and then we're like, all right, so like, why did so-and-so not like this? And we go to a person who works very closely with them 
and they sit down and they watch the commercial and they're like, okay, I'm going to tell, I like, they're like, I haven't seen this. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think he's, what they are thinking. And they watch it and they, they turn to me and they say, that is the best, one of the best, if not the best commercial I've ever seen come out of this, this office. Mm. And I was like, wow, thank you so much. Why do they hate it? Um, <laughs> I've had this exact same like thing. Yeah. I've had this exact exact problem back when I was working for, as a graphic designer for a company all the time. <laughs> it's just like, I, I don't know. Whenever you're working with like top, like the people who are like kind of running the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's they, extremely they hard to please those people. Uh, it's extremely they have, hard. They have a certain way. They they have expectations and they don't know how to convey those expectations. Uh, uh, so, someone explained this to me. And Preston, this is going to make so much sense for you. You're going to be like, holy crap, I get it. There are producers in Hollywood that know, that don't know what they want, but they know exactly what they don't want. Yeah. So they're always going to be like, no, I hate this. No, I hate this. But they're never going to be like, but here's what I want. So we sat down, we decided, okay, how do we like go about this in a way that like totally reinvents the image? And we're going through this massive production process. It's been a huge headache. I'm basically taking on the task of like the production house that we were going to use. I'm renting cameras. I'm, I'm casting. I'm doing all kinds. Of, it's, it's just been really crazy and work has been absolutely insane. So that's why I've been radio silent and not showing up as much because work has just escalated and it's happens. It comes in waves. Yeah. yeah, it definitely does. But come August when the shoot is done, It'll slow back down. I'll get back to some of the smaller things and I'm not going to have to worry about today. I called Panavision, which is a, a huge Game, company, yeah. massive company who provides cameras to major production houses to yeah. shoot billion dollar movies. Uh, and I had a conversation with him about renting an, an airy Alexa mini LF, which is a $150,000 camera. So here pretty soon, I'm going to have to load up the car with a couple of my guys and my... Where do you go to get that? Chicago has the nearest Panavision. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Chicago, Chicago or Atlanta. So I've got my... I hired a director of photography and... What I, are you shooting for? What is, what is such a fucking big project, huh? I don't know. Man. I, I don't know. <laughs> the whole thing is like, what, what do we... What is this person going to like? And that person likes national... Style, national commercials at no Big, expense no well it, yeah i mean like we have a budget but but they want national commercials um all done in-house by his personnel because we can't outsource because then like what's the point of our jobs and that's hard because like we're supposed yeah. to run a geico sized commercial <laughs> With like with five, five people and a toothpick <laughs> with five people. So, so it's, it's five people. Um, everyone in my office were full steam ahead on getting everything together. I hired a, a, a DP through a company called Envisionary Media in Terre Haute. They are a marketing, they're like a, they do video and stuff like that for businesses around town. I'm hiring them as crew grips, DP stuff like that. Like, just general hands on the set. 
Uh, I'm going to take my DP. We're going to go up to Panavision. We're going to literally sit down in a calibration room and outfit this massive digital cinema camera with these $100,000 lenses, put it in my Kia Sereno, and drive four hours back to Terre Haute, Indiana for a weekend. I can only imagine Sounds how much miserable. that costs to rent. Um, I was quoted about eight grand a day. And it's a minimum of three days. Jeez. Well, I can't wait to see this commercial. I can't either. We're going to have to run it on this My show on this on. podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, we can. We can. Uh, no, and, and it's not that serious. So, you know, that's why I said it was like a small thing because emotions tend to get in the way. Oh, yeah. But, um, People have yeah. bad days. However, it has driven us to do something that I think is going to be very beneficial to my own personal reel <laughs> when I'm yeah. looking for other. other Add that to the portfolio. Use. Exactly. All right. Well, Preston, is that it? That is it. We are. Uh, we, uh, we got a lot more content in than I was expecting. <laughs> well, you know what? We can have Connor sign us off. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Whatever Podcast, and we hope you come back for more. We always have content. It's spilling out of us. It, you can you can take a knife, slice us across the stomach, and just as quick as our innards will fall out is how fast the material is coming from us. Just spewing. If not from the Just Whatever spewing. Podcast, check out Chris's own podcast. He talks about some really great movie stuff so it's not just us it's it's everyone and, and if you want to like check out some cool gaming videos go check out Preston's youtube youtube uh, yeah if you if you want to buy a roof come look at my commercials they're they run on television hey, no no don't, don't do to, that i don't know how to no, no, money from actually, them no <laughs> come leave good reviews up. on my actually, don't 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 watch, my commercials. <laughs> watch watch my other material like i came out with a really wonderful roof clean video shot in the style of HGTV. It's been great. It was so fun. Go watch it. Let me know how I did. Um, Be on the lookout for the future short film coming from Connor Williams and the Whatever Creative Team. The Devil Board. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace yeah. out and piss off. <laughs>